Hey folks, uh, my audio is going to sound a little whack for the first bit of this, uh, so just, you know, it'd be like that sometimes. It'll get better eventually. You should be proud of me. Okay. Because I, after quadrupling the number of lines of code that the project contains, not including libraries, I have, uh-huh. I have upgraded the prime number of prime factor program to be run on a GPU using Metal. Okay. Initial testing indicates that it is approximately 12 times faster. Lit? Is that still with big ints? Um, no. Well, not technically. <laughs> um, okay. GPUs are weird, Zach. It took a lot. It took a lot of work. It took so much work. It was such <laughs> a pain in the ass. Um, it's so complicated and swift kind of has pointers but not really and the metal language like is entirely pointers it's kind of like c except you're supposed to do memory management on the cpu you're, you can't like free things on the gpu because it it's not what it's for you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like no reason to waste cycles on that but since swift doesn't really have pointers it's really hard to free pointers <laughs> <laughs> and like swift is just so object oriented that like it just doesn't want to work with c at all and i never i literally never ever thought i would have to memo memo line something in swift memo line yeah like uh have this integer block start at this block in the ram instead of just assigning it to a random pointer like you usually do because it doesn't really matter yeah like that's not something you think about when you're doing object-oriented programming uh-huh regardless uh i'm super proud of myself for learning uh even as much as i know about metal i didn't really get into the like graphics side i just i'm just using it for computation obviously mm-hmm. so like it's really weird do you have you ever worked with a gpu before um yeah i did some open gpl shader stuff uh a couple years ago so yeah it's just like you just give it an algorithm and then you give it a giant data set or several giant data sets and it just like does them all at once and then it gives you the answers back in a different array (laughs) at least that's how it works in metal Uh uh-huh it's wild but yeah open gpl is like so purpose-built for like graphics yeah yeah so you just say like hey here's an object like here's a like a 3d mesh render it and then it (laughs) does all of the like turning that into points and then giving the points to the gpu and telling the gpu how to and you just say like okay when you get to this point do you basically have like hooks essentially you just say when you get to this point instead of just making every single thing red only make um like things that intersect with the object red or whatever interesting well in that case i'm glad i chose uh metal instead of open gpl because i think that would have been a lot harder to use for just random calculations mm-hmm. anyway so i've been dying to brag to someone about that but i don't think anyone in my life besides you will really understand like how difficult it was so no yeah that's crazy so do you, do you basically just give metal a data set and a function and say do this function for every bit of data in this data set not quite 
so you have to well yes yes except so if you're doing just basic calculations and so they have like three or four different types of calculations you can do you can do a, a vector shader etc um but one of them is like just a regular calculation it's you give it numbers mm-hmm. and it gives you numbers back it also has a timeout so you can't run the same function you can't run the same function in a loop for more than 30 seconds or so because it's not made for that okay the gpu mm-hmm. will just kind of reject it like on the hardware firmware level just like i've been running for a long time i think this is inf- an infinite loop because i'm supposed to be doing this for a 30th of a second <laughs> right because <laughs> that's what gpus are for so you so basically you give it one function and a big data set and or in my case like three big data sets and then the cpu gives it that it spits the answer back out the cpu puts the same basically the same numbers back in and it just keeps going like that and since it counts as different instances it doesn't time out mm, okay yeah um so the bottleneck in my program right now is actually that transfer speed between the cpu and the vram oh uh, i have to show you something um i'm gonna put it in slack here's what happens okay. <laughs> the gp metal does not have very good um buffer overflow uh handling <laughs> so let me just send i you would a- imagine it's it's like it's not made for that there's no checking it just wants to do the calculation as fast as it can so this is what happens when you have an off by one error oh and then so that happens then your computer crashes and then it reboots and says oops sorry about that (laughs) so that's really annoying and i had to be very careful that's a that's a hearty fuck up yeah right like i get it because it's like a gpu and it's not like it's what runs the graphics (laughs) but like Mm -hmm. there is no separation like the thing that drives your display is the same thing that is doing your calculations. I'm so accustomed to like just operating in a in a interpreter that's running on a VM that's running on an exactly, abstract machine right? somewhere like eight levels down is an actual computer. In my compilers class, we have to use the schools machines because um, there's some library that's built in. Doesn't matter, but um, if this kind of thing happened on a computer that wasn't mine. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, in theory, I could uh, make a game or, you know, a FFmpeg encoder. Mm-hmm. Can you use Metal to render um, monospace fonts? I don't see why not. Why? For the uh, oh, mark text. Uh, yeah, right. I haven't gotten around to that yet. Because it's all written in Node.js. I thought it was written in C, but it's written in Node.js, and I don't want to touch it. It's pretty, though. (laughs) Yeah. Node.js is like, it makes sense, but in a really sick way. Yeah. Like, I'm really really glad that I got Nathan and I on the TypeScript, just because at least then there's some types. (laughs) At least then I can be like, okay, this thing is definitely for sure a not calculated response. (laughs) And we can do something with that as opposed to it just being an object. Oh, just curious. How often do you use a bitwise shift operator? Bitwise shift. Um, we used them. 
I think most recently I used one to help with tutoring somebody because they were trying to make a hash out of um, 256 value RGB pixels. Hmm. Like so each one had 256. So to hash it, you just put all three of them next to each other. Makes sense. Well, I have a hot take. Okay. Bitwise shift operators should use binary instead of decimal inputs. So if I want to shift something over two bits, I would tell it 10. You you can tell it like 0B10. Right. But I want to take I want it to take my decimal input <laughs> and take it as if it were binary and shift it over that much. Because there are so few opportunities to use binaries to use binary numbers these days. Just <laughs> and the bitwise shift operator is used so infrequently. Just give us this one. Is that is that a feature of C minus minus? It should be. The compiler compiler treats integer literals exactly one way unless. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. I want to like remake Swift, except the bitwise shift operator. <laughs> <laughs> Only works in binary. <laughs> I'll even let like and an or or an XOR alone. See, and those are the ones bitwise and and bitwise or make so much more sense because that's like <laughs> I'm thinking about the bits and not right, I'm thinking right. about decimal <laughs> spaces or, or binary spaces. Yeah, that actual one, that one actually makes a lot more sense. But still, like it's very, very uncommon that you use it. Right. So just like, why not? It's fun. It's whimsical. Programmers like whimsy. <laughs> Programmers love whimsy. Yeah, let me just take my Java Enterprise Edition and slap <laughs> some whimsy on there, baby. Hey, Zach. Hey, Sirtis. So... To enable uh, the the glorious button future um, that we have spoken about so many times, mm. you're going to need uh, a pervasive internet network everywhere. Um, and you might be thinking, oh, Zach, uh, that is what 4G is, is a pervasive <laughs> internet network that is everywhere. And I would say it's too slow. <laughs> 4G is too slow. My buttons need blazing fast connections, so I need 5G. How much data are these buttons transferring? My buttons need 5G, Sirtis. <laughs> okay. 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 But not only do my buttons need 5G, cities need 5G. So that I can press the buildings. So that their, their light posts can tell when a phone is near them and turn on. <laughs> Just like... With the 5G. Oh, God, Zach. No, no, no. I reject this this particular future because that like requires you <laughs> Okay, first of all, it can't possibly be more energy efficient to do that than to just leave the lights on at night. <laughs> Second of all, requiring a citizen to walk around with a tracking device to just like see in the dark that's an invasion of privacy. What if well, we want to put smog detectors in um, all of the lights in the rich neighborhoods 
and then put that data up into a, a nice big database that tells us where the smog is so we can um, help do things about the smog in the rich neighborhoods. We know where the smog is. Yeah, but what if I, I had <laughs> internet connected? You can do this without internet. Listen, I'm all for 5G future, but <laughs> but I don't I don't want it to. I just want to be able to go on the internet everywhere. I don't want like my city to interact with me this much. Okay, but let's say that I am uh, the CEO of Volvo, and I just told a city that I would give them a smart city. How am I supposed to do that if I don't connect the internet to their light posts? <laughs> You know, how, we, how would you achieve a smart city then? We have 4G in cities already. Right. Right. But it's not fast enough. Right. But you could upgrade those and have 5G or have a similar structure without putting them in the light posts. See, now that's where you're wrong. Okay. Um, Correct me. This is, I've done absolutely zero research. This is just a, a single thing that I've been told by somebody in my urban planning class. Um, but 5G has faster speeds but a much smaller effective range yeah right that makes sense so you need more frequent posts probably not every single lamp post i will agree (laughs) but lots of them i posit that that's Mm -hmm. not worth it (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so why is this on your mind because I had a class and, and the, the guy came in and he was like, smart cities are going to be great, but also the totalian, totalitarian future is scary. China's got a social credit score. That's freaky, huh? But the smart city, dudes, dudes, the smart city. No. And I said, hey, all of your smart city propaganda had zero bicycles in it. Uh, so I don't know what kind of city you're envisioning, <laughs> but it doesn't have bicycles in it, which is not a city I want to be in. And so then for the discussion for that course, uh, we all sat around and talked about whether or not uh, implementing 5G is a good idea, given that there hasn't been. Okay, so I have disconnected from Zach, not intentionally, uh, very much against my will, um, because I have the worst internet in the world. So Zach's going to talk about bicycles a lot. And like, I support Zach in his bicycle future. I really do. I I would like a bicycle future. I don't want to like be entertaining on my own and then have you like clock back in and be like, so I just had this entire conversation with myself and it was hilarious. Uh, you had to be there though. What would be cool is if the bicycles themselves carried 5G connections. They just uh, emitted them. So the more bikes are around, the better internet you have. I think we can make a mesh network out of that. That'd be cool. Now, I imagine Zach saying that's not how internet works. To that, I say, ooh, okay, even better, even better. We don't connect it to the bikes. We connect it to everyone's phone. So basically, we have a giant peer-to-peer network. There are no security implications. It's great. One of my friends recently was going through his Amazon shopping list. And now he is no longer a student and has a full-time job. Um, So it makes sense that he's got a little bit more of an extensive Amazon shopping list than I do as a student paying tuition and not working full time. But he had a much more interesting Amazon shopping list and even like his shopping cart. The things that he hadn't ordered yet were far more interesting. And maybe that's just because I do more of my shopping uh, at varied places. Like I buy some of my things on jet pens. Um, But he had like a fermentation kit 
and a um, bookbinding kit and a custom, like, very expensive D&D thing. So Zach just told me that uh, he wasn't recording his end. So um, good thing I, I came prepared. I record both ends because I'm amazing and super good at technology. See, this is why 5G would be awful. It's because... Because the internet waves would all get blown around when it's too windy outside, as it is today. Ooh, that looks like a big old nope from Skype. Um, so we're going to be going to Amazon.com, and I'm going to see what interesting things I can put in my shopping cart. Because um, I feel like if I myself can't be an interesting person, maybe I can have interesting things, as is the promise of capitalism. I'm at Amazon.com, but I want to go to smile.amazon.com so I can give a measly three cents to the foundation to decrease world suck. Oh, wait, I I didn't have a, I don't have smile everywhere on this browser because I switched browsers and I never got smile everywhere. Oh, is it smile always? Oh, there's too many of these. The other one has a better logo though. Is it open source? Can I see if they're stealing my data? This add-on can access your data. What does it mean that it can access my data? Hmm. This extension could read the content of web pages you visit, as well as data you enter into those web pages, such as usernames or passwords. No. Give me a smile always extension that doesn't... Uh, it needs to be open source. Please. This is... Is it Amazon Smile? No, that one I already have open. Smile always. Okay. Option to whitelist. Access your data for all websites. That's worse. Um, it's a Mozilla public license. Okay. If you've del- distributed an executable, then you should also distribute source code. If it's GPL, then I should be able to view the source code. That sure doesn't look like open source to me. Please? See all versions, last updated a year ago. Source code released under GPL. Okay, that's the definition of GPL. Where's the source code? (laughs) Important only redirects after login. That sounds like a scam. Where's the source code? (laughs) What the heck? Microsoft! It's not Microsoft, it's Mozilla. They both start with M though, so I get confused easily. Um, that's the definition of a Mozilla public license. Source code released. Where was the source code released to? All right, well, if any Jared wants to make an always Amazon Smile, um, Firefox extension that actually publishes its source code somewhere, I will use it, because what the heck? Okay, I'm going to bit a little bit. Because this is fucking ridiculous. I am so upset with Charter. I don't know if it's actually on Charter's end, though, because whenever we call them about it, they say, oh, it looks fine on our end. And I'm like, okay, but I can't connect to the internet. I can't connect to the internet, Charter. So, you know, fix it. Hey. Hey. And we're back, folks. Okay, so 5G. (laughs) is a way to connect your computer to the internet. 
Right, yeah. Um, but who, or perhaps what, depending on how you view corporations, mm-hmm. is going to install all these 5Gs? Is it Volvo? I think it should be Volvo, because I don't trust Charter, Charter at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that if Wisconsin hadn't outlawed municipal internet, it should be the municipalities. But... <laughs> Now it's got to be a utility to do it, so you could make your own utility. Yeah, that's a good idea. I have time for that. And then connect it up to the to the 5G network. Yeah. Make your own. Um, just get like a network switch, hook it up in the back of your house. You know, I have an old one. I think I could yeah. get it working. Yeah, you could make it work. Um, but do you think that we should have 5G in our cities if we don't know what the health benefits and or detractors are? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Listen, the smog is going to kill us first, so we might as well. Precisely, that's what I was saying, is that once we use the 5G to put in air quality monitors, then we can uh, detect, detect the smog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and like, Illinois, like, the weed's going to be legal mm-hmm. come January, so like, smoking's going to go up, like lung cancer, and yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it won't be the 5G's fault. No, yeah, just like, okay, like even if caffeine is slowly killing us, it's killing us a lot slower than everything else, so. All right, that was my whole, that was the whole question I was trying to ask was, <laughs> what's your take on should we be concerned about it without knowing the health effects? I mean, yes. Should, should we be concerned enough to stop the rollout of it? How much, I, I don't, I really don't know anything about it. How much testing has been done? I don't know. Oh, New York Times says it's not a problem. All right, cool. I trust them. Scientific America says we have no reason to believe it's safe. Oh, oh no. Futurism.com says researcher warns that 5G might actually cause cancer. What does InfoWars say? I trust them. Oh, 5G cancer. InfoWars. The 5G is going to turn us gay. They're, they're, putting, they're putting waves in the air to turn the frogs gay. InfoWars. Okay. Oh, this is going to mess up my recommendations. <laughs> Why did I open this up in a... Oh, no. Always open worrying bugs in an incognito tab. Oh, no. This will not be in the show notes. Black Friday sales are here. Do you want some silver bullet brain force? Uh, Get your powder. Allow. Um, Your anti-gay powder. Breaks down the dangers of ramping up harmful technologies like 5G. Oh, it's just a video. I got to watch the video. Give me a second. That's a 40-minute video. We don't have time for that. Do it next time the internet goes out. Okay. <laughs> Find out the true agenda of the global elite. Now I have two InfoWars tabs open. This is bad. <laughs> okay, I'm going to close InfoWars. It's closed now. Good for you. It's the first step to recovery. <laughs> okay, so... There, there's a, a smattering. The New York Times says it's fine. Futurism.com says it's not. And um, you would think that Futurism.com would be the most gung-ho about 5G. Mm, mm, Got to think about those motivations. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Futurism.com is uh, already on 6G. And they are trying to warn us because they're so far in the future already. Or they're just trying to keep the proletariat down. Ooh. That's definitely it. I think we can track most histories, most of history's major uh, technological innovations back to that. 
what is it? What's the thing that people post on Facebook? You give them, you give them memes in a circus and they'll be happy forever. <laughs> uh, specific. Well, on Facebook, they say the, um, the minion quotes, mm-hmm. minion quotes and circus, and they'll be happy forever on Twitter. On Twitter, they'll, there's uh, how are people still posting the one, some sort of, uh, it's some sort of like history TV show where the guy throws the chair. It's not history. It's on the history channel. Uh, but yeah, it's like pawn, pawn wars or something. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, people are still posting that meme still, even though we all know that it's a terrible meme. Wait, why is that meme bad? Because you see the th- second or third frame first. Okay. So it's like a bad version of open for surprise memes. Yes. It's the opposite. Like it's, but the surprise is like generally in the second one. <laughs> the surprise is the prelude. Yes, it's bad. Open for context memes. On TikTok, um, people are painting clown makeup on themselves. I think that was a little while ago, actually. Uh, let's see. Are you on TikTok? I have no comment. Okay. <laughs> Me too. I also have no comment. Good. Good. Yeah, uh, what other social media platforms are there? I'm not on Snapchat. I don't know anything about that. Um, People don't really... I don't see many memes on Instagram. Instagram knows I don't like memes. Well, Instagram memes are just other people's memes, but on Instagram now. Mm. So you give him memes in a circus, and then he'll be fed for the rest of his life. If you teach a man to circus... (laughs) For prime meme viewing experience... Right. You gotta have... An awesome graphics card. It has to load those images so fast. It has to load the images fast. It also, I need an, uh, an extra fancy screen. Yeah, right. So that I get all the memes in full color. Fully mm-hmm. realized full color. And for meme creation, you need to be able to type. Those are, all, those are all things I need to do. Lucky for you, Zach. Lucky for me. There is a new laptop out. It is 16 inches. It's made by the Fruit Company. And it has the scissor switch keyboard. Yeah. And uh, a, a little a little birdie. A little birdie told me mm-hmm. uh-huh. that uh, you're looking for a new laptop that matches that description. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I also would like one that doesn't burn itself. <laughs> the, the bar is on the floor. However, I'm really excited. I would like to be able to type on it. I would like it to not burn itself. <laughs> It's it's going to be Black Friday. Um, oh, that's shortly. why you're waiting till Friday. Yeah. And so on Black Friday, you get um, fancy discounts on your on your doodads. And so I'm going to I'm, I'm going to get a doodad one way or the other. So I might as well get a doodad while I have a fancy discount on the doodad. Makes sense. So I'm just going to get the 16-inch. I'm not 100% sure it's going to fit in my backpack. That's a concern I'm having New backpack. right now. We got to talk about backpacks now. Oh, no. That's a bad plan. <laughs> well, what's the other option, Zach? You can't just make your backpack bigger. You need a new backpack. I could put it in the not laptop compartment of my backpack and then get an iPad to put in the laptop compartment because the not laptop compartment ex- expands. But the laptop compartment is a is a set size. Okay. So I put the the big computer in the 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 part that's not for laptops. Right, but that's not for laptops. 
Right. But if you put a laptop in there, it is for laptops. But it can't oh. be but it can't be for anything else. Why not? Because it's for laptops. Mm. Mm. Okay. I have to think about that. I have to let that process. Part of the, one of the th- one of the things you wanted in a laptop is the ability to take notes on it using mm-hmm. like a stylus of some sort. What's your plan? Yeah, uh currently a, a very kind Jared uh reached out and lent me their iPad for a little bit so I could see what it's like to use um to use an iPad Pro to take notes with. Thanks, Jared. Thanks, Jared. Uh so that's been going well and I really like the iPad. It's it's very good. It's very nice. It's a good you know, everything everyone's been saying about the iPad for the last <laughs> 10 years. I'm finally on the iPad train and I can officially say that yes, it's good. <laughs> okay, so oh right, cuz you want to code on it, right? I was going to ask why not just go with the with the iPad if you like it, but because you want to code and play games. Right. Okay. I still think you should get a Mac Pro with the Pro XDR and use the iPad for schoolwork, but it's not my money, so. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. So that's it. That's I'll have a better review come Friday once I can actually. What do you expect to like about it? Um, that it doesn't burn itself. Right. The fact that like Spotlight just works. I have a picture that I have saved on my computer of a time when I went on on Windows. They have a thing that kind of works kind of like Spotlight. It's a search bar. Um, But I hit the button to do it. And then I typed in device manager because I wanted to get device manager. And the thing that came up was a Bing search result on how to access device manager. And their instructions were go to the search bar and type in device manager. And so I would like something uh, that works. <laughs> Spotlight mostly works. You should get Alfred. or I should get Alfred? Or like, what's the other one? Uh, any of the other ones that are replacements for Spotlight. Oh, gosh, Zach, we're going to have a whole fun time getting you all the software you need to make your computer usable. I, I have in the past owned a Mac. I know a lot of the software I'm going to need. I know, but like... It's going to be fun to talk about it. Right. Because that's the kind of thing I like talking about. Tools. And I haven't been talking about tools because my current main main tool is, is broken. It's just it doesn't function as, a, as the thing that I want it to do. It's fine as a computer. Sometimes it freaks out and thinks that it's not connected to itself. Um, which is clearly not true because it's not disconnectable anymore. <laughs> You should just, like, keep it around and, like, occasionally boot it up just to see, like, what else has broken in the time that you have been using the Mac. I was thinking I might sit it on a shelf over winter break and use it as a Minecraft server, Mm. Um, but I have not yet decided. Plex, 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 Plex. Plex, server the science. Server. (laughs) So anyway, I'm, I'm, like... Two inches and two days away from just getting getting a MacBook and an iPad and an iPhone and Apple Watch and AirPods and, you know, the whole nine yards. Yeah, I mean, it's Black Friday, Zach. You might as well. You're going to buy the doodads anyway. Yeah. You should also buy a car so that you can come visit me so I can play with your toys. <laughs> <laughs> or 
use use my copious take take the money that I would have spent buying a Mac Pro with the XDR. <laughs> uh-huh. And given that I'm not spending that money, lobby um the governor of Wisconsin to put in a train um to 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 go to the federal government and say, "Hey, I know that um the previous governor made a made a mistake and forgot to take all of this money that you were offering us." Um, but I would like that money now so we can make a train. It's the cardinal rule of politics or uh, of uh, podcast Zach. Only politics podcasts get to talk about politics. That's what I learned on Upgrade this week. Make a train. Just go back in time, take the federal money and make a train. How hard is it? Shh. The podcast gods are going to get angry. There has been no news on the dairy pride front. All right. Cool. Cool. Glad, uh, glad to hear that update. I think actually I shouldn't. I shouldn't say that out loud. Dairy Pride Act, Congress.gov. You should like get on Twitter and tell Tammy Baldwin that you will publicly state that you support the Dairy Pride Act and therefore Tammy Baldwin if and only if she puts a train in between Milwaukee and Madison. I mean, I already support Tammy Baldwin. Yeah, but not publicly. I literally just said it on a public medium. Okay, but this isn't your like your widest audience. What is the Go Pack Go Act? Are we really doing sports in are we really doing that? Is that a thing we're doing? What? Like a Go Pack Go? Like it's a sports reference for the Green Bay yes. Packers, the Wisconsin Let's National see. Football League team. It's something about Secondary transmissions of distant cable television programming by satellite. I don't oh. know why it's called Go Pack Go. I know why. Greater access to in-state television broadcast programming for cable and satellite subscribers in certain country- counties. Okay, that makes sense. This is literally, like, that sounds like a way for more people to watch the Green Bay Packers. Correct. <laughs> Dairy. Pride Act introduced in 2019. Because there's two Dairy Pride Acts, so I had to do all that searching just to get to the um, latest action. Re- read twice and referred to the Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions. So, no updates. Okay. Good to know. Thanks for the update. Speaking of the software that we use on our computers. Mm-hmm. Well, and I've been setting up setting up this new device, and we'll be setting up another one, and so I've got to get all my accounts ported over. Right. And the easiest way to do that, and the most secure way to do that, is a password manager. Right. I have been using LastPass for a very long time now, but uh, last week, in between our recordings, Zach, I've, I've moved all of my stuff, all my passwords, to one password over LastPass. Isn't... One password, the one that just took outside funding? Yes. Okay. In the past, I chose LastPass to be my password manager because it was uh, more transparent about security practices. Uh, it lets you do some like mild customization. Basically, you could like you could specify exactly how many times you wanted the password to be hashed or uh, encrypted over and over and over, you know, like into the thousands, which was mm-hmm. cool. And at the time. The apps and the browser extensions were fine. They were okay. They weren't perfect, but they worked. 
Right. But ever since LastPass was bought by LogMeIn, are you familiar with LogMeIn, Zach? Yes. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. It's so bad. The apps... It's like the definition of 2000s corporate software. Oh, my God. The apps since then have been, excuse my language, fucking terrible. <laughs> when, uh, when was the LogMeIn acquisition? Uh, I was in high school, so... I think I was in college. So, yeah, like... So it would have been 2016. Yeah. 2017. Like two years ago-ish. And it wasn't right away. It was like the app was fine. And then it got a little bit worse after an update. And then it got a little bit worse and a little bit worse and a little bit worse. And now it's pretty much stagnant. But it's stagnant mm-hmm. at really, really bad. Allow me to list some, not all, but some grievances. I have to check to make sure that the app actually saves my password (laughs) because half the time it doesn't and it doesn't tell you like the main functionality of this app what doesn't work half the time this is which which bit of it doesn't do this or have you noticed not doing this the uh, mac app and the browser extensions uh as far as i can tell the browser extensions are identical for all the browsers okay uh the browser extension doesn't sync with the mac app so you have to log in independently to each of them which was not something that you had to do before the log me in acquisition hmm. but one will log the other out so if the browser extension respects my preference to only need to log in after locking the computer but the mac app logs me out after 20 minutes no matter what i do they both log out. The keyboard shortcut doesn't work. There is nothing you can do to make it work. There, like, there's so many forums discussing this. This is not just a me problem. I promise. I'm not uh-huh. like doing something weird. All I want to do is press command and backslash and have a little window pop up that says, hey, what password do you want to know? And that worked. That worked two years ago. That worked a year ago. That worked six months ago. But then it stopped working. And then everyone was like, hey, LastPass, this isn't working. Silence. Radio silence. And there's been many, many updates. And it hasn't been fixed. Also, one last thing. This one Mm -hmm. is just kind of, maybe it's not as big a deal as the other ones, but it's clunky. LastPass is really clunky. I didn't know this until I switched to 1Password, but it's like... It feels like you're clicking on an old, like, pressure-sensitive touchscreen. <laughs> like, you have to click it, but sometimes it doesn't work, so you have to, like, click. Not, like, click and hold, but, like, do a longer click. This is me definitely clicking. Yeah, yeah. And you have to do it right in the center of the icon. <sighs> That's weird. For some reason in my head, that got, like, right when I installed LastPass, the clunkiness got conflated with its security. I was like, oh, it's secure because it's clunky. See? You can tell that it's a good security application because they spent more time in the security than on making it feel smooth. That doesn't make any sense, though. Correct. That's not how resources work. (laughs) So, yeah, I'm on 1Password now. It's great. Actually, like, really, really nice. It's fast. It works. I trust that it is doing its job. It's not perfect. 
it just took a bunch of money from an outside source, which I don't know, isn't necessarily bad, but has the potential mm-hmm. to be a similar thing to log me in where mm-hmm. like, Hey, we need this to be profitable. So like quit developing cool stuff and start jacking up prices, please. What's the next up and coming password manager? I don't know of one. Like, is there a Mozilla? Is there like an open source password manager? There is. Um, I think Mozilla has one. I'm not sure about that. Self-hosted. That's just what I want to do. Put all my passwords on a server that I myself secured. Actually, that might not be too bad if it was kind of like um, if it was kind of like the way Pihole works, where you just kind of like apps get Pihole and then it just installs it completely and you don't need to do anything. Yeah, but presumably if I'm self-hosting it, I also have a server doing other things. And so if my password manager server is touching my web server or my Plex server or whatever. Yeah, don't do that. (laughs) But I don't want to spend $5 every month to have a password manager. I say probably spending, (laughs) what is it, $3 every month to have a password manager? Honestly, I don't know why I didn't switch earlier. It was just kind of like a, well, LastPass works. It's not perfect, but I'm sure this will get fixed in an update. And then me kind of just realizing, oh, it hasn't been getting better. It's been getting worse. So Mm. I should, uh, yeah, I should fix that. So something that you can self-host pretty easily Mm -hmm. is a Plex server. I I have a Plex server. Okay. And I put videos on it home videos that i recorded myself in our mind intellectual property mm-hmm. i get um drm free free videos from humble bundle um, who definitely sell drm free videos <laughs> and that's what i put on my plex server i so my plex server is how am i going to describe this to jared zach will know what i'm talking about it is one of the dell computers that we replaced with the nooks it's a Dell Optiplex. It's yes, it's a Dell Optiplex. Uh, I don't remember the model number exactly. <laughs> Basically, it's a really old, really slow tower with a 256 gigabyte hard drive, spinning disk, of course. Um, mm-hmm. I think it has. I think I upgraded the RAM actually to four four gigs of RAM. What? And um, yeah, I've been using that as my Plex server because I didn't really have much on my Plex server before. It was just kind of like. nothing like interesting but recently i've been buying a lot of things from humble bundle with a Mm -hmm, mm dm and i want to put them on my plex server and i wasn't quite at the 256 gig limit but i knew i was going to get there pretty soon so i went on amazon and bought a two terabyte hard drive okay which like have you checked out hard drive uh prices lately i bought a two terabyte hard drive for like 40 50 bucks Ooh, it is quite good. Not exactly future proof, but uh, neither is the computer that it's running on. So if I need more than two terabytes, I might just upgrade the whole thing because apparently I'm using it enough. But while in the process of upgrading that hard drive, uh, I tried Mm -hmm. to cop to clone the disk, clone the 256 onto the two terabyte. Right. Which, you know, makes sense. And I feel kind of dumb, but so I plugged it in. And I cloned it and I opened it up. I took the old hard drive out, put the new hard drive in and booted it up. And it said, hey, I can't read this disc. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. I wonder what went, what went wrong. So I took the the disc and I plugged it into my 
the 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 new disc and plugged it into my computer and mm-hmm. uh it was unreadable by my laptop as well which actually makes sense because it's not necessarily supposed to be able to read it like it's a different file system i'm not exactly sure but honestly file systems are ding uh file systems are complicated but um i did a dumb thing which was oh well i wonder if i can read the old one because if i can read the old one i can't read the new one clearly something went wrong in the cloning process Mm -hmm. so i plugged the old one into my laptop and i could not and it couldn't read it so it gave me a little like hey what do you want to do with this i can't read it you want to ignore it you want to eject it or do you want to initialize it and i'm like hmm interesting i guess i'll just push the default i'll just push enter and have the default thing happen <laughs> which, of, right. which of course is initialize and that just very calmly um, wipes the starts up the hard drive yeah, and wipes it of course <laughs> and puts a file system that it can read so now i lost everything uh all my all my drm free humble bundle drives and i didn't have backups of those because like why do i need a backup of a thing that's sitting on a server yeah so i need to go uh re-download it from humble bundle so i'm doing that but i'm also like okay well now i don't have a working operating system for this computer so i plug in the two terabyte drive or to my laptop and put ubuntu on it ubuntu on it and um plug it back into the server and the server's like, well, I can't read this either. I'm like, what am I doing wrong here? So I tried a bunch of things and eventually got it working after, I kid you not, five hours of screwing around with this. <laughs> the trick ended up being um, that the the newest version of Ubuntu didn't play nice with the NVIDIA graphics card. The very old NVIDIA graphics card that's in the Optiplex. And you might be asking yourself, why would that affect its ability to read the file system? I have no idea (laughs) whatsoever, but once I put the old version of Ubuntu on, it worked fine, and I got my movies, my DRM-free Humble Bundle videos, and everything was fine. And I'm thinking to myself during this five hours, like, oh my god, why am I f***ing around with this? There are so many resources that are a better idea than this because I could have a I could have a, an off-site server that uh, is always con- connected to the internet, has basically unlimited storage, has effectively unlimited uh, CPU speeds, because uh, so I don't need to worry about transcoding things. And you know what the answer was, Zach? Do you know why I pushed through for five hours? Your internet went down three hours through. <laughs> funny but no (laughs) um the answer was because i just like projects this is my project this is my like yeah my little despite it being super frustrating and taking a very long time and time better spent like doing homework so i don't have to take quite a big a quite quite a big of quite as big a backpack home with all the books in it I spent five hours fixing the Plex because you know what? I like it. Um, I had a very different experience with the same thing, uh, not Plex, but with uh, just just saying like, I can I can make this thing work. I have programming skills. I can make this thing work. And then I got three hours in and the the time that I spent trying to program my way out of the problem, I could have just spent fixing it. (laughs) And it was due the next day. 
Which is to say that sometimes that's a very good idea, and sometimes maybe just uh, admit defeat. Okay, but like, I've had similar experiences where you're just like, okay, well, I know I could just go through the spreadsheet by hand, and it would take 10 minutes-ish, it would be really boring, but it would only take 10 minutes. Or, I could program for an hour, which is exciting and fun. Correct. Was it exciting and fun when you did it? It was exciting and fun, but it did not get done. Oh. And also it was JavaScript, so I was just constantly fighting against it. <laughs> that tracks. That makes sense. And I was like, hey, me, give me a list of all the things with this class. And it was like, you mean a node list? And I was like, yeah, give me index zero. And it was like, lists don't have indexes, dork. And I was like, then give me an array of that list of index. <laughs> That's like the bulk of what I was struggling with with Metal was converting an array to like a c style pointer and then you just index the pointer you know what i mean yeah because zach you know what the weirdest thing is you know what the weirdest thing is that i Mm. i don't understand and i don't think i ever fully will unless like i take a class on this stuff there's an obvious part to this where you just kind of like okay this subroutine this function all i want you to do it's on the cpu i want you to take this 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 array and make it an actual array in the memory not just like right. separate things mm-hmm. but like actually allocate enough space for all of these things right right and then put all the things in them right now it seems easy enough all you have to do is say hey t- uh there's a class because we have to be object oriented there's a class called unsafe pointer because it's by swift sa- standards unsafe and you just tell it Okay, I want you to start at this address, at the address of the actual array, the object e array, the Swifty array, and you have to tell it how many, or you have to tell it what type, it integers, I'm working with integers, and you have to tell it how long the array is. Makes sense? I can do that. Mm-hmm. Easy. So why, when I do that, can I only access half, half of the original array. Do you know why, Zach? No. Me either. Me either. I still don't. But multiplying the array length by two fixes it completely, and there's no problems. Do you tell it the size of the thing that's in the array? Yep. You, tell it's an, you say it's an integer. Are you doing that by saying size of int? I'm doing it by saying, uh, it's a class, of course, memory layout dot, uh, or dot, um, Int dot type dot stride, the size of the int. Mm-hmm. The size, the number of bits. And I have no idea why. I don't know why it's half. Why is it half? Like off by one? I get that. That makes sense. That almost makes sense. But half? Why do you think that integers they, are half as lo- large as they are? They updated everything but that singular class for sixty-four um, sixty-four bit. <laughs> change over that's gotta be it (laughs) but that one class still thinks that integers are always 32 bits so if there was somewhere you could go like right now you can go to best buy and you can get uh get a two terabyte hard drive if you really wanted to sure sure um and you could probably even go to their genius bar and be like Hey, I have an Ubuntu machine and this two terabyte and they would like turn you away because you said the word Ubuntu and they're not ready for that. 
Um, but somebody without an Ubuntu machine with a two terabyte hard drive uh, might be able to get some like get get help. And so they're they're it's like a physical location to buy goods and services, right? That's what Best Buy is. Yeah. But you would call that a store. No, I would call it a physical location to buy goods and services. I think it rolls off the tongue better. (laughs) But if it's a store, that implies that there are things being stored there, right? And then you can go in and buy them. Honestly, never thought about it that way. But yes, I suppose you're right. Right? When you hear store, you don't think of like a dentist's office. You think of a place where I can walk in and pick up a thing off the shelf and then purchase it. Yes, that is what I'm... That's what I think of. Yep. And so that covers the part of capitalism where you buy goods. Mm-hmm. But there's not a word for the place where you go to buy services. Right. Okay. Okay. That's true. Wow. Interesting. Because, yeah, I'm thinking, like, doctors, uh, plumbers, um, electricians, like, you just call them by what they are. You don't mm-hmm. call them stores. But if I want to say there's a lot of retail shops and... Service. What's the other thing? Ser- service um, aggregators. That's not the right word. But they... Yeah, they don't aggregate necessarily, because you could just have one dentist in a... In a, in a, in a, in a building. <laughs> you know, whatever the word is that we're going to come up with by the end of the episode. Okay, so we're coming up with a word. I think... This is a word that needs to exist. I propose freebooting. <laughs> Perhaps hot stop. Because it's, it's a place that you go. Can we think about it in terms of like store? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So instead of storing things to buy, you, what do you do at a doctor's office? You receive services. You buy. Because the, the, thing, the thing with this is it's less about um, like storing goods and more about like being a place where people are and so maybe you could call it a housing mm-hmm. but i don't i don't i think that's uh got some namespace pollution though uh i think like yeah like if you if you're thinking about it technically right any room that a dentist is in and does dentist things is a dentist's office dentistry but you don't go to a dentist's home to have dental work done. Correct. Even though they could, in theory. Like, this is just, this is essentially, this is essentially a, like, understanding between people that you, the consumer, go to this place if you want the service. Yeah. Okay, right? What else is like that? Oh, what about like on the internet? Is there a equivalent on the internet? Like it's an address. It's um, like it's a it's a port. A port. You go to this this place if you want that because you can you can have like a maybe an extension. No, no, not really. I like port. I like port a lot. Port. See, but the thing is, port is already also a thing. Yeah, but it qualifies. Like you want someone you want someone to move your stuff over there. Over on the other side of the ocean. Mm-hmm. They're providing a service. Also, like, no one's going to get, no one's going to be like, oh, the doctor's port isn't in the shipping cr- container. <laughs> I don't get it. Although, 
Uh, that's my intellectual property. If you take that, I'll be very upset because that is uh, genius marketing. The dentist comes to you. They ship themselves and all their stuff over to where you are. Okay. You just like fit a shipping container. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a tiny home that people make out of shipping containers. Mm-hmm. But a dentist's office. But it's a tiny... It's, well, it's not an office. It's right. a port. Dentist port. It's a port port. Because you could, you could get shipped from port to port in your port. Doesn't sound like a word anymore. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm glad we have a word for that. I'm going to start using it in all of my urban planning essays um, and probably start getting lower grades. <laughs> you just have to define it at the beginning every time. Because you can just make up words in academia as long as you make sure everyone reading it knows what they are. Academia is weird. Do you have anything you need to you need to finish up that you started when we were not talking? Um, well, okay, so I was just... <laughs> I was about to do some ASMR. I'm just gonna ignore this. This is not the ASMR. This is good radio. There we go. Taking this out. Because you know, you know, you know what it's time for, Zach. Zach, you know what it's time for. What's the time it's for? It's time. What's the time for? It's time for Quiet Panic. Quiet Panic. Welcome to Quiet Panic. This is the sound of... I got some paper here. And uh, this is the sound of me shredding it. <laughs> <laughs> This has been Quiet Panic. I kind of forget that the microphone does, like, monitoring until, like, I talk all like this because I can hear my own whisper in my ear. It's really, 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 really weird. Because, like, <laughs> like part of, like, half of how you hear is, like, the resonation in your skull. But that doesn't happen with whispers mm-hmm. because there's no vocalization. It's just turbulence in your mouth. All right. Um... I didn't I think I if I if I remember correctly I finished up my my segment all on my own um which which was just a call to action for the Jareds to make an open source um Firefox add-on and I decided that I don't need um to buy into the crass consumerism of adding a bunch of things to my Amazon shopping cart. And now a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. I can't afford therapy, so I put it all on the microphone. This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Where did you hear this? Uh, I work at an open mic event. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, where they have a lot of poets and musicians come up. Okay, okay. Jared, if you have a better alternative to 1Password, perhaps something that's open source and good and secure? And if you have a better word than port, I don't believe you. 